when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Dave. Biscuits, hockey podcast. We got to go quick today. We got an hour to get four hours worth of stuff in today. That's it for the intro on my side. Hi, Sean. Hey. Good, great, grand. Boy, offside doesn't even exist anymore in hockey, does it, apparently? <laughs> <sighs> you didn't like that call? The Blue, we're t- Blues uh, Avalanche Saturday night, they basically play an early playoff game. The Avalanche win, they get the last playoff spot. But if you tell me that's inconclusive, the show's over right now. 45 seconds. Oh, I guess it's going to be a quick show because that... Oh, my uh, God. How was that... How, how was that conclusive? There there was... You are in big... The puck comes out... Situation room's pocket. You, you are in the Toronto War Room lobby. You you are a... I can't... It, I, see, I see the puck come right out to the line. I don't oh see clear God. white space between the puck and the... Which is what you need. <sighs> you need clear white space. Don't... Don't show me some blown up... A uh, screen cap that some dude looks like it's rendered on a Commodore 64, and some guy has drawn a circle around what he thinks is a white pixel that he can find. There's like 80, 100 white pixels between the puck and the blue line. By the time he pushes it back into the zone, it's. Straight. I didn't think there was. I didn't. Uh, My goodness. I, I I thought. I mean, I, I that very well may have been offside, <laughs> and this may be a case where the Blues got a bad break in the sense that it just it it wasn't something that showed up clearly enough on the replay. But I didn't think that was a bad replay review call. You're like the guy on the jury who, like, all 11 people are like, yeah, this dude did it. He came home with blood all over his hands. He had the knife in the car. He, he went on Twitter and confessed to doing it. And you're in, the, you're in the jury room and you're like, yeah, but I mean, anyone could log into his Twitter account. I mean, it, it was a safe password on his computer. So we don't really know for sure. But, but Sean, there was like blood on his keyboard from typing in the exact letters that are bloody. Ah, but still, I mean, you know what? That could be anyone's blood. I invite you and all the Angry Blues fans listening to this right now, send me this image or this video that I have missed. Send me this angle that apparently they didn't show up here in Canada that conclusively and obviously proves that this play was not just really close to offside, but that actually that it actually was offside. And I will retract my version of events. I, I love how the linesman's in the neutral zone, completely in the worst position possible yeah, that was to make that weird. call, and he's just em- emphatically, good, we're good. Really? Yeah, but this is, every, if you're a linesman, everything is good now that we have review, right? You're never going to, if it's remotely close, you're going to let it go and then let the yes, replay bail you out. Exactly, and that's where the replay the failed. But I, I will say over. this, like, can, I, 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 if you're a Blues fan, I get it. If you thought that was offside, if you feel like that was the game changing play go yeah go ahead be frustrated be angry that's that's part of what being a fan is all about but can can we get off the alex pietrangelo conspiracy theories where you know maybe maybe the nhl didn't want us in the playoffs like no they're just dude, dumb the dancers always they're bro, dumb well, there's, like, there's never a conspiracy theory it's just and, the NHL. and can we also just remind people that literally these same two teams played a game earlier in the season where the league did screw up and did get a replay review wrong, and it was in favor of the Blues, right? And so you know, we sometimes we say you know with the, with stuff like this that it evens out over the course of the year. This one literally did even out over the course of the year. So 
I, what yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I've got I, no issue with I, any. What I enjoy is how people said, well, they shouldn't have lost the game to Chicago a couple nights earlier. That, that's not how it works. That's not, <laughs> that's not how sports work. Where, just don't lose any games. Yeah, just but. don't. If you, you had 80 other games you could have won, and that's not how it works, man. That's not how sports yeah. work. But but good for good for Colorado. Whatever makes your heart ballot uh, much more difficult to figure out. So we're gonna do. We, we, we got to get to the playoffs. We got to get to the the yes. firings. The 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 non firings. We got to get to the. So Sedins. Colorado's in. Florida's out. St. Louis out. Philadelphia gets in. We really didn't get any kind of drama no, in none. the East. So there's nothing nothing worth talking about there. No drama. Let's go right into the playoffs. So the West. We're out west. Who we, you got? So. <laughs> I tried to kind of talk myself into Colorado against Nashville, but then like after like four seconds, I was like, what am I doing? Why, 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 why am I looking for the upset there? Like there's no team. I feel like there's no bigger, like I was, I was writing my little jokey thing for vice. And then I realized that I forget who the top three are now, but it was, it's like McKinnon, Landeskog and Rantanen are the, are the three most heavily used forwards by the abs, which is totally fine. Three, three perfectly good NHL forwards. And then number four is Blake Como. Like, Oh man, and Colorado doesn't have they don't have Arlama for the series. Like this series should probably be be over in like 3.2 games, I'll say. Yeah. I I have this as in in my predictions that I think are going up later today. I I have Predators in 4, which is which is foolish because you never no, you never pick a sweep. You just always always go 6 games in your predictions, but <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like that's that's kind of the the coward's way out. So I went, uh, I, I I picked the sweep. Uh, I mean Colorado, they're they're banged up. Nowhere they're, Johnson. They're nowhere near as good as Nashville on their best day. And you know, if there was ever going to be a team that was just going to be happy to be there, I mean the the fact that they made the playoffs is a, a borderline miracle. They could lose every game ten nothing, and the season is still a massive success beyond anyone's wildest dreams. So yeah, uh, this is, you know, I, I'm sure if, if the series stays close, we'll, we'll find a way to make up some narratives about the predators looking past them. And, you know, this, this was that we talk about the trap games. Maybe this is a trap series, but I just don't see, I, I don't see anything that makes me want to consider picking the avalanche i'm kind of phrasing that carefully because i'm stopping short of saying i don't see any way they can win because this is hockey this is the nhl of lean course in, they can win lean this. into it man. crazy stuff happens all the time but there's nothing here that's even really making me pause no in, in predicting that the predators are gonna win this and win it relatively easily the problem is if you pick a sweep and then like god forbid the team you thought was going to get swept has like a 2-1 lead going to the game four you, you can't go on twitter hey remember hey you still think it's going to be a sweep huh remember this oh, and yeah. it's like a screenshot of your prediction huh huh any yeah. any team i've ever predicted with sweep always loses game one yeah <laughs> guaranteed they can they can win the series in five games but i'll get the you have two so, days of that yeah and that may happen and if it does Get it in now, Avalanche fans. But remember, I'm the one who was right about the offside call. So, you know, really in the big picture. <laughs> who's your friend? Sean's your friend. Who's who's your buddy? Winnipeg, Minnesota, which could have been a really good series if Minnesota had Ryan Suter. But I, I again, I'm not picking a sweep here, but I, I've kind of failed to see how Minnesota with Bruce Boudreau, like at no point, like that, like Minnesota could be up 3-2, winning they could be winning game six two one with a minute to go and i'm like nah i think winnipeg still has this like i don't see any i, I don't have any confidence at all in minnesota to take four out of seven at this point yeah not, neither neither do i i think this this could be a really good series i i it's great that we're getting it because winnipeg minnesota is one of those like people don't think of it as a rivalry kind of and they don't think of it as a geographic rivalry because it's two different countries but i mean this really could be a great rivalry if they they ended up uh playing fairly often and had some some fun things happen uh i picked jets in five uh you know that could i see minnesota yeah i mean i could i could see it you know it's the jets not a lot of experience you know goalie who's who's never played in the playoffs yeah. uh, you know there's there's openings there for minnesota for you sure. could get there like i i can i can if 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 you twist my arm, I can get myself there. Unlike with with the Nashville Colorado series, but I've 
I'm taking Jets in five, and I feel like if if anything worries me, it's that I'm too excited about the Nashville Winnipeg second round meeting, and like whenever we and and I feel like a lot of people feel the same way, and whenever we're all kind of on board with the same matchup, something always happens to screw it up. So maybe that's something is we'll get there. The Minnesota Wild, but I yeah I. I think to me the central is two relatively straightforward first round series and then all out Armageddon in the second round and I can't wait. It's going to be good. I'll say Jets in six. I think Minnesota they'll make it interesting. But to, to, to have Jets in six that means they clinch in Minnesota. I don't know if I can see them doing that. Maybe Jets in seven. Maybe I'll say I'll say Jets <laughs> in is... seven. This way, the Preds, like the Preds, will win in four. The Jets will win in seven, and that'll be the difference in the second round because the Predators will be rested and the Jets will be worn down. That's what I'll. That's what I'll go. I can, I can never pick a a favorite to win in six for that exact reason. I was like, ah, they'd have to win on the road. I don't know. It's usually like good experience teams that that close it out. There's no home ice experience or home ice advantage in the NHL playoffs, and yet I'm convinced the home team is going to win every single game. So we, we we both have the Kings, right? I mean, we're not we're not yeah. we're not doing this thing anything with Vegas anymore, right? Like it's over. Yeah, King I Kings in seven, seven. and seven. and here's the thing. Oh man, they're gonna, I, they're going to rip the hearts out in Vegas in seven. That's what you got. Yeah, wow. yeah. I, I and it's it's going to be one of those like super loud arena goes deadly quiet type things, like one of those <laughs> Vancouver 2011. Hopefully, hopefully not too much like Vancouver in 2011. But I mean, here's here's the thing. Like I know. I haven't read a lot of predictions so far. I like we're this is Tuesday morning. A lot of the preview pieces haven't come out yet. But I know where this is going to go. When you sit down to do your your predictions, we're not we're not predicting what we actually think is most likely to happen. We're we're creating a version of events that we want our name attached to, which means you you can't just pick all the favorites. You can't just pick all the all the ones and twos to go through because even then even if you get them all right nobody cares everyone just goes yeah way to go you picked all the home teams so you have to pick some upsets and you have to pick at least one number four over a number one and you look around at the other matchups and it's like sorry vegas everybody's picking the kings And, and if you want some if you want some good news if you're a vegas fan i think the sheer the number of people who are going to pick the kings over the nights probably doesn't match up to the intensity of the confidence that they're going to beat the Knights, but I've got the Kings. First of all, I, I dispute this notion that, that I, I am looking for a psychologically satisfying number to put into the next round so that it's not all ones and twos. I go with the gut, Sean and the Sean. You are living a lie. Oh my goodness. How dare you, sir? But, but yeah, the Kings are for sure. See, see the way I see it is, you can't look at the. It's like when you do the NCAA tournament bracket. Like people always say, like, oh, you got to pick a twelve over a five. You know, maybe like one thirteen to beat a four. If you go to the go to Vegas lines, you can look and see who the favorites are, and the Kings are the favorites yeah. in the series. It's a one four series, but the Kings are the. That's where the money's going, and and that's where I'm going, man. Kings and six. Yeah. They won't they won't go to Vegas and do it. They'll 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 do it in L.A. They'll rip the hearts out in L.A. It's going to be interesting to see. Like I'm really curious to see how the games in Vegas go just in like we've heard so much about the Vegas home ice advantage the Vegas flu and you know one of the theories is that these teams go into Vegas they make their you know one or two trips a year and they have a little too much fun and they're not necessarily fully ready to play and presumably in the playoffs that's not going to be an issue teams are going to be focused on on what they need to do so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if that home ice advantage still holds up. My my bonus prediction is I could see like, like I could see the Kings going in and winning the first two games in Vegas, and everybody just freaking out like, what's what's going on? How do you how do these guys how do you lose in in Vegas? And then they, I see it stretching out into a bit of a longer series from there because I don't like I'm not I'm not big on the Kings. I don't think the Kings are, are necessarily this uh, fantastic powerhouse, but no, I've I've got them sadly, tragically ending the Cinderella run of the Vegas Golden Knights. Here's here's what I'm doing if I'm Vegas. Game game one 
is in LA, or it's in Vegas, I should say. I'm hiring Jarrett Stoll to throw the greatest party ever in the history of Las Vegas pools. And I'm inviting all the Kings players, all the Kings get to their hotel, there's going to be a little note from Jarrett Stoll that says, hey guys, come on by the pool, make sure you wear your paddleboard shorts and make sure they're empty, LOL. And then just getting all the dudes all effed up in the sun all day long and then having that be the reason why that Vegas wins the first two games. That's what Vegas has to do. Okay. That'd be good. That would be good. I thought you were going a different... I thought you were going to have them like hiring Dean Lombardi as a special consultant to (laughs) dig up dirt and just get get all the kings. No, no, Inject Inject the flu directly into their arms as soon as they land. Don't, don't, Don't make it so they have to do it themselves. Like You just go up and Jared Stahl's throwing a big party. There's going to be some stuff in baggies that we're all going to love. It's going to be good times. Now, here's the first series where I feel like we're going to have a difference of opinion because it's close, yeah, I don't it's know. tight. I feel like we're going to go eight for eight agreeing on yeah. every series. And this is well, going to be... Who do you got? Anaheim, San Jose. What are you thinking? I have gone Sharks and seven. Ah, shit. Yeah, we're going to do the same okay. thing the whole way through, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> this was the one out of all of them that was the biggest coin flip for me. Like, this is the one where I was really just kind of like, oh. I think I may, I may have ended up picking the Sharks just because they were the three seed, and, and it gets me like an extra upset pick. So you're, you're going to have the three versus the four in the second round. See, I just yeah, like I feel like everyone's off San Jose because they've lost like five of six or six of seven, something like that, to end mm-hmm. the season, and and Joe Thornton's not a, not not a guarantee to play in the series and all that sort of stuff. Maybe he is now by the time you hear it, but I just, I just don't, I just don't think the the Ducks are. Like I, did, I can just see John Gibson coming out in game one and pulling something, mm-hmm. and then you're stuck with Ryan Miller for the rest of the series, and then what do you do? Well, I mean, we don't even know 100% for sure that he's I think he is. I think they said back and, last and, night, didn't and, they? they? Okay, maybe they did. Maybe I, they did. I didn't. But, you know, or, or that, you know, who knows? Who, who knows if he's if he is 100%? Ryan Miller's a good backup, but, yeah, yeah. it's... Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is one of those where... You know, we could we could sit down. We could do ten minutes on this and pick it apart. But these are two pretty equally matched teams. Right. Not... It, it's really. I know I say coin flip a lot, but it's it's <laughs> it's going to come down to a play here or there, maybe a bounce, maybe somebody does, you know, does something special. But I I I just don't feel like there's much at all to pick between these two teams. There wasn't during the season. I know if you're a Ducks fan, maybe you say, well, throw out the first couple months because we're so so hurt and banged up and yeah. you know, we better since then but uh you know what I'm t- yeah. you know what i'm taking the ducks it changed my mind ducks and okay. ducks and seven i'm going duck you've, you've talked me into the ducks this is like last and year when i when, when i screwed you and the rangers <laughs> that's right you ruined my playoff <laughs> bracket was it both series or just the montreal series no it was just that one it was you you talked me <laughs> you i had the rangers and you being like the rangers yeah i screwed up expert I beat guy talked me out of it yeah that's that's my bad well well with the east the east it, i feel like every series in the east is hard except for the the one so I'll, I'll do the one that's easy to me first and that's tampa i think tampa's just too deep too good too many good players devils have one line pretty much and a bunch of guys on defense besides sammy vatten and i don't trust so uh yeah. tampa i feel like that's a that's a five game series devils get one game in jersey and then that's it that's my that's my feeling on that series and i know i know jersey has beaten tampa i think three times out of three this season but yeah as, as long as Stamkos is playing I, I don't see that series going very long i've got a weird vibe about this series Ooh. how weird and i don't how weird don't let me oversell it let me uh, I'll, let me let me get to the ending first. I'm not picking the Devils. <laughs> I didn't go that far, and I don't. You know, I don't even really know what it is. I, I mean, I like, I like the Devils, but you're right. On paper, this this should be a mismatch. The, the Lightning have looked a little yeah. shaky the second half. I don't know if it's. I know. I mean, sometimes it, teams are just sometimes really good teams just get a little bit bored in the second half. You know, I, I and and it was kind of like. You know, they didn't seem like they had a lot to play for. Then Boston made the run, and and they, you know, seemed like it caught them a little, little flat-footed. But I, I there's just something about this series that makes me feel like if anything weird is going to happen, this might be the one. Hmm. So at the end of the day, my pick was I, I, I kind of tiptoed right up to the edge, and then and then lost my nerve and backed off. So I picked the Lightning in seven in this one. So so. 
mentally you said to yourself, well, I know I'm already taking a four seed, so I don't want to take two four seeds. Is that, that, is that how it worked out? Basically, basically what I said was I am, I don't have the guts to pick the devils, but I still want the credit. If the devils win, <laughs> people will look back and be like, nobody predicted this, but they'll be like, yeah, but this one guy had the, had the lightning in seven. So it's, yeah. You know, you know what's funny all, about the Devils? It's all a shell game. The Devils remind me of the Penguins. The Devils are the Penguins if they don't if the Penguins didn't have Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, which I know is like an <laughs> okay. seriously because like probably they have, a few teams are no, but like the Devils yeah. have all of these like cheap wingers who are fast and will score you ten to twelve goals. They have like a bunch of like eh, defensemen or whatever. They have Taylor Hall, who's the Phil Kessel. They have Kyle Palmieri, who's like the Patrick Hornquist, and they can skate like with anybody. But like at some point, you're going to play a team that has. Crosby and Malkin or Stamkos and Kucherov and you're going to lose because of that so that's why like the Devils are they're a couple pieces away but I just don't think it's going to happen in this Who's round. Who's in net for the Devils like what do you oh, what do Keith, you do oh, if you're... Keith Kincaid yeah he's but I mean is he like is he your guy or are oh, like oh I think unless are you unless he gets lit up in the first period of game one he's probably going to be the guy the whole series Corey Schneider's been terrible he's been really fat yeah see I still feel like that's one of those things where we're going to bounce back and forth and you know and it, it, that rarely works, but like yeah. if they're down two games, but then, to none, that, may, that, that to fits into your the Devils or the Penguins theory because that the Penguins did that the last few playoff yeah. years too. So like they would they would need to go back to Jersey down two zero and have lost like five one in both games, and then they'll say, all right, let's let's let Corey Schneider win four out of five against the best team in the East. Yeah. We'll see how that works. See, out. I, I don't I don't know if it would take that much for a guy for them to oh they love him, man lose their nerve on a guy who who clearly has been better this season, but. You know, the, and Corey Schneider's like the veteran, high-paid guy with with playoff experience, although not actually all that much. Yeah, like he doesn't have that much playoff experience playing, but he's been there. He's like he's like means. me. He's been to a lot of games, but he hasn't really played yeah, too many. Exactly. <laughs> he sits and watches a lot of playoff hockey. All right, let's, so let's uh, let's let's circle back to your your series, and we'll come back to that at the end. Let's 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 go to the let's go to the Metro. Let's go to the let's go to the Caps and the and the Blue Jackets because. I have I have once again staked my claim into the heart of the Washington Capitals that this is going to be the year where they get to the third round and they're playing Columbus in the first round. I'm not afraid of Columbus. I don't care how hot they've been. This is it. This is the year for the Caps. The same thing with uh, Schneider. This is a team that says, you know what, Philip Grubauer. That's that's going to be the difference. And I I agree. Caps and Caps and six is my is my prediction. They they close it out on the road. They grow. They grow from that closeout in Columbus, and then they surge into the second round. Tell me I'm wrong. You're you're exactly right. I've got oh, Caps and six man. in this one. I've <laughs> I've seen a lot of smart people who are suggesting that we're we're all kind of sleeping on the Blue Jackets a little bit. And yeah, I mean that that I, I am. maybe I am. But yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm kind of. I'm not as. I haven't gone all in on the caps quite to the extent that you have but i've always every year i do this every year i'm like you know what maybe this is the year there's no pressure nobody's talking about them you know this is maybe this is the year that they they finally break through so i you know i don't know uh, they they still are going to be in tough in in round two i don't know how far they go but i yeah i like them in this series i think they I, I think this is a team that will respond well to not being the team in the big spotlight yeah. and being the team that everyone is, you know, they're still the, the moment there's any adversity, everybody it, uh, you know, in the room, in the organization, outside fans, everyone is going to go into panic mode and wonder if it's all happening again. But I mean, if you gotta, if you gotta fight, if you gotta battle ghosts, the Blue Jackets are the team to do it against because, I mean, you're talking a team with literally no right. track record of success at all. So it's, you know, it's it's not like you're going to look across the ice into the yeah. eyes of a bunch of guys who've, <laughs> who've been here and done it before. And, I mean, they're... My God, that's Cam I, Atkinson over there. I can't beat him. <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Philly. I'm taking Philly. I'm just telling you now. I'm not even going really? to get... Wow, all right. I'm... I'm, I'm so here, I keep hearing, like, when you compare Tampa and Jersey, there's a huge depth issue, com- comparison between the two teams. And, I, and everyone seems to be saying the same thing about Philly and Pittsburgh. But while 
Pittsburgh is for sure more talented top to bottom. It's not as though the Flyers don't have like so. So they're they're throwing out Sean Couturier with the top line with with Giroux mm-hmm. and, and Voracek sometimes. But Voracek can play on his own line. And your other three centers, which I understand, they're all not going to the Hall of Fame. But they have Nolan Patrick, they have Valtteri Filppula, and they have uh, Yuri Laterra, which you know. As far as four yeah, centers go, you can match up with, with the other team. I'm, I'm, and, and they have yeah. the mental edge on the Penguins every single time they meet with them in the regular season when they when things were good for them four or five years ago or six years ago. Jesus. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm saying Flyers in six. I don't trust the goaltending in Pittsburgh. I don't trust the way they've been playing the last six weeks. The champs go down in round one to apparently uh, the greatest sports town in, in North America at this point because nothing ever seems to go wrong for that city anymore. I like it. I, it. It's that's a gutsy pick. Oh, that's I a, did not have yeah. the guts to make that pick. I've got Penguins in six. Okay. I don't. I I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I don't. I don't trust the Penguins goaltending. I don't trust the Flyers goaltending either. Though, yeah. and that's that's where the issue comes in. Yeah. When, and that's. I mean this. This may be the series to watch. And I know, like, it's we're all so. Everybody's looking back at that 2000 and was it 2012? Yeah series Six that was years. like just the most fun that at that that any playoff series of of the last several years has been uh and you know we're all just kind of hoping we get a fraction of that and you know i don't think it's, it's we're gonna get that again but this could be for, this could be really fun i mean there could be a lot of goals there could be a you know a lot of bad blood relative to what we get in in today's nhl uh there, yeah, this 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 should be a fun one, and I've got I I do have the Penguins, and you know maybe this is just me, kind of subconsciously willing us to another Penguins Capitals <laughs> second round I, showdown. I think it's subconsciously me not wanting to admit the Caps are going to lose in round two to the Penguins, so this way I can just say they're going to play Philly and they're going to beat Philly. I, you know <laughs> that not not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you know I know if you're a Capitals fan, this is like this is you. you I, you know, I don't know. Maybe you want the Penguins so you can beat them and get over the hump. But losing to the Penguins again would be the uh, the nightmare. But I, you know, I can just tell you from experience, having been through the Leaf Senators four series, like like fun stuff starts to happen to people when when the same team wins over and over. Like people start to break psychologically, and it does. <laughs> it actually does. It's you know, from an outside perspective, I know I'm not trying to wish bad things on capitals fans they've had more than enough but sounds just like, sounds you know, from like an are, outsider though. from an outsider entertainment perspective there is a part of me that kind of wants to see how how long this can go and how many times you can get the exact same result before people really start to crack sounds like it sounds like you're ready to revel in it to be perfectly honest it sounds like you're actually this is what you're pulling for the whole time in the playoffs like number one you want toronto to win the stanley cup number two you want to see pittsburgh come back from like down 3-0 to beat the capitals that's what you want That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of Toronto and Boston, yep, it's our last series. What do you think? Give me some good news. See, now this is the series that I feel like is the real coin flip. You think it's Anaheim, San Jose? I yeah. I think Toronto, this is the Boston one, right? is. Whew, it is so tight, and I just think that Toronto. Everyone has been really riding the Bruins for like the second half of the season, maybe even the final four months. I think Toronto wins the series. I think they've I think they've kind of figured it out a little bit over the last couple of weeks or the, or a couple of months in terms of their back end. They have a they have a little bit of experience from last year losing to the Caps. I think Toronto's better than they were last year at this time. I think that the Bruins aren't as good as the Caps. I know people laugh at that cuz the Caps always choke in the playoffs, but I don't think the Bruins are as good and deep as the Caps were last year. Toronto in seven. That's what I'm saying. They win it in Boston. I'm not, I'm not saying they come back from down four one and win an overtime in Boston in Game Seven, but they're gonna they're gonna go into Boston. They're gonna win Game Music Seven. Music to my ears. I mean, what what you're describing is the absolute ideal result from <laughs> a Maple Leafs perspective. Like even better than if you could if you could let a Leaf fan choose how the series would play out. Even better than a sweep would be going to Boston, win a Game Seven, hold on to a third period lead kill all the ghosts all of that stuff yeah. i think it's a coin flip i picked boston oh, you gutless gutless canadian you now is that you know is that me just doing the reverse jinx don't let yourself be accused of being a homer thing absolutely it is maybe i picked boston <laughs> in six partly because i just i'm terrified of saying boston in seven because of what that could imply 
but it wouldn't shock me. Like, I'm not going to sit here and, and act like the Leafs are some huge underdogs and try to lower expectations and all this. Like, this is, th- you're right, this is the other coin flip. It wouldn't shock me at all to see the Leafs win. It wouldn't shock me to see the Leafs win in a short series even. Like, if, if uh, you know, if, if it if it plays out right. Um, but I, I do think Boston is legitimately one of the very best teams in the league. I, I, I think the last three quarters of the season, even putting aside the last couple of weeks where they, they sort of coughed up their chance at the, at the division title. Bruce Cassidy's first postseason. I, I think they're for real. Bruce Cassidy's first postseason. I don't know. He's yeah, not necessarily ready Babcock to... And, and, you know, the, the one interesting thing that, and I, I saw this just when I, as I was doing my previews, you know the Maple Leafs led the NHL in one-goal victories this year? Yeah, because they keep turning all their three-goal leads into one-goal victories. And that's part of it. That is part of it. But, you know, for a team where, like, the, the narrative around them is, like, they're these, they blow the leads, these young guys, and they, can, you know, they won't play Babcock's system, that surprised me. And you're right. Like, some of that is three-goal leads turning into one-goal leads, but that's that's okay. That's It still gets still you there. Still win. Still gets you their win, and their and I think their win percentage in one goal games was like second best to to Tampa or something. So I don't know. It's going to be like it's you know, and it's also interesting that you know Boston kind of you know they did they they brought in Rick Nash. They are still to some extent kind of that slightly more old school team. You know, it's it, they're not they're not the big tough Bruins, and and you know obviously they've got a ton of skill, but. They're, they're still a little bit that old school team and you put them against a, a Leafs team that's just young and fast and maybe too dumb to know what they shouldn't shouldn't be able to do at this point you know it'll be it's it, it'll be an interesting series and I they, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching seven games of Nazem Kadri because as I, I think I wrote in one of my one of my things this week. Nazem Kadri is like, as a second line center, he's developing into like a poor man's Patrice Bergeron. And as, as a pest and a troll, he's kind of the poor man's Brad Marchand. And now he gets to face mm. both of the real guys. Mm. And it's, it'll either, you know, it's either a chance for him to kind of further elevate and people to realize that, that this guy has become a pretty good player in the last couple of years, or it's a chance to, kind of shine a light on what he's not yet and and kind of remind everyone that oh yeah that Patrice Bergeron is really really good and can can shut down whoever they throw him out again. like I'm assuming Boston's going to use Bergeron against Austin Matthews in uh in Boston that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup and and sort of see uh and and I would assume that the Leafs try to get Kadri against against Bergeron's group when they're at home so the matchups will be fun. Uh, you know, I think this will be a this will be a good series. It may be lower scoring and you know, kind of a little little more a little tighter than than some of the other ones, but uh, it'll it should be a good one. And like I said, I took Boston, but it's if we can flip a coin on it, I think just pick Toronto. Just do it. Come on, come on, come on, do it, do it. Boston and six. Ah, man. All right, well, there are the predictions for the first round. Should we, should we go all the way through real quick before we do the break, or you want to save this, the round two for round two? Because I'm picking Nashville over Tampa in the final. That's my... I think I had Winnipeg over Boston mm. in the final, but you know what? Like, pick, Out of the eight teams left, pick pick two out of a hat, and if they're in different conferences, that's yeah. that's a good cup pick. I don't... Uh, but yeah. So Nashville, so the two number one seeds. Yeah, it's a little chalky. Going, a little chalky. going into well, you know what? That's that's got to happen eventually, and that'd be a hell of a series. That'd be. I think that's. I mean, I mean, that's where I've kind of been headed all year. So I don't really have a reason to change my mind just yet. Like I'm going, going to go Nashville over LA, and then um, Tampa over Washington in the in the conference finals. Those are my picks. Those are the picks. Those are the official Dave Lozo biscuits picks. I like them. All right. So uh, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back, and we're going to hit all the other non-playoff stuff, all the hilarious non-firings and rationales for non-dismissals of GMs. We're going to hit the uh, the one firing we've actually had, Elaine Vigneault. Um, and, of course, we'll get to the Sedins because we forgot the Sedins last week, but um, we'll be sure to talk about the Sedins at length when we come back from this quick commercial break. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, folks. Now it's time that we, after, actually after we've, we've focused on all the winners, all the playoff teams, not all the good teams, I guess, because Colorado is the 17th best team in the, in the league. That's not really good. But there are playoff teams. So now it's time to focus on the non-playoff teams. And look, when you're in, when you're in the business of pro sports, a billion-dollar business, and you have failed miserably at your job for one year or more, you're going to get fired. You're going to get let go. That's just how it is. And so let me just uh, pull up this list here of all the GMs who are non-playoff GMs, and let me go through the list of who's been fired. Wow, no one's no one's no one's been fired. Everyone's mm. everyone's been done really well at their job, and the problem is heart and character. What what's up with that? Why wow. is that a thing? What do you know? Huh? Yeah, it's 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 a results oriented business, and you know you just got to find a way to get it done. Mm. Unless yeah, you're anyone other than Elaine Vigneault. <laughs> Because we were the one guy, like, the one we, guy who we after, after the of, game was like, oh, "I'm fine. I'm not going to get fired. I think I'm okay." <laughs> yeah, it's uh, man, it's it's weird. Like I, when I was writing my, I have a piece that goes up on Sportsnet every Monday morning that I kind of like do everything that was happening on the weekend, and I was writing about coaches and GMs that might get fired, and like I had to write in it. I'm like, by the time you read this. <laughs> There may because I was like I was gonna like I I send it in at like eight in the morning and it doesn't show up till ten and I was convinced that something was gonna break and here yeah Elaine Vigneault gets fired that's it the, that's it basically he's he's the two out single that breaks up the perfect game <laughs> because we almost made it all the way through a season without a single coach off, getting fired off the end of the bat but, uh, rolls up third base and they're not gonna get him oh he just got like. We got Dave Steved at the last <laughs> possible moment. So I mean, okay. So you're you're a Rangers guy. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Good good move. I mean, we we kind of talked about it last week that we didn't we wouldn't be surprised if like that one was always coming down because they were they were changing philosophies. You could just tell it was just time for a new yeah. coach anyway. He wasn't hired by the GM. Yeah, and, and like it's too soon to fire Jeff Gordon. But like when I look around, like if you gave me a list and you were like, all right. Here, here are some GMs. I'm like, fire some GMs at me. And it's like Pete Chiarelli, Ken Holland, Garth Snow, Mark Bergevin. How many of those GMs do you think will be fired after the season? Like if I had to pick a number, not even the guys, I would probably pick – because, well, Ken Holland wouldn't get fired. Let's say removed from their positions. Right. I, well, he'd I get would, the Ron Francis. Yes, treatment, exactly. Which is still getting fired, but it's – I would have said two. I think I would have been like two, but if it was three, I wouldn't be surprised. And apparently, they're all safe. They've all done enough. So, I don't. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Like Mark Bergevin went in front of the media. I liked your tweet about this. Mark Bergevin's like, you know what? I think par- part of the reason why we lost forty games is because of our attitude. And you're like, well, technically, you lost fifty three because shootout losses yeah. count as those are <laughs> yeah. those are all overtime losses too. Those are things. Like, what are you doing? Which is that's peak GM. Yeah. Is, it, <laughs> you know, is is blaming your Blaming your poor record on attitude and character instead of skill while also inflating your record using the loser point. Like if he had thrown in a useless rule tweak and not making a trade, he would have hit modern NHL GM bingo. Oh, my God. And it's like sometimes with a GM, like like look at Jim Benning in Vancouver. Like, he took over kind of a tough situation. You can make a case that he's drafted well. Like, yeah, he's done some bad things, but it's kind of a mixed bag where maybe you look at it in a certain angle. It's like, all right, let's give him some time. Like, I would have given him an extension, but I can see the case. Like, like Mark Bergevin has made two of the worst trades in the last 15 years that have completely sunk his franchise. And the ownership's just like, well, he speaks French. I don't want to let him go. (laughs) I just don't get it. I don't don't, get it. Yeah, And, and, you know, it's... I mean, it's weird because like all these, all these GMs, I mean, it's Tuesday, you know, you're talking GMs and coaches, guys can still yeah, get fired. Yeah. And we've seen that. And, you know, we saw some last year, like Buffalo, where it, people didn't really seem to think that was going to come. And then it, and then it did out of nowhere. But 
you know, this isn't just us reacting to the fact that Mark Bergevin didn't get fired on the Monday after the season. Like, ownership has said, this is our guy. We're sticking with him. Uh, we had the same thing in, well, in, in, in Detroit. Ken Holland has signed an extension, mm-hmm. so he's safe. Chicago was another one that we, that, that was one we talked about last week. And then like, I think even yeah, like the, before like the next day or something, or yeah, maybe that day it was. Yeah. No, I think it was like literally like, as we were waiting for the podcast to <laughs> get produced and put out every time they, 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 they put, uh, and yeah, it'll, it'll happen again. Probably right. every time we talk about, hold right on, but let me just try something real quick in case that is a thing. I think Heidi Klum should go on a date with me. All right. I just want to see what happens now. Between now and the time the podcast goes up, I just want to see. Because I'll be hanging out in the city between now and like 4 o'clock. So let's just see what happens. And, you know, we'll just go from there. I'll let you know what happens. Report back. Yeah. That's... Uh, so yeah, Chicago, they, we were saying, you know, Quenville, Bowman, one of them probably has to go. Neither one's going to go. And that one is, you know, that, that one I'm surprised because we were led to believe that that wasn't a possibility, but I'm not, you know, from a team performance point of view, I'm not scratching my head. I mean, those, those are both guys who know what they're doing. If, if they're able to coexist and ownership's comfortable with that, then yeah, by by all means, we'll have to see how it goes. I'm I'm still, you know, let's see what happens if we get halfway through next year and the Blackhawks are still, still uh, looking like this year's version. Yeah, I don't know how they turn that around, but I understand that if you've won three cups in six years or seven years, whatever it is, and you miss the playoffs once, it's kind of hard to be like, all right, get get your crap and get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. But I just I I wonder. I I'd love to know like internally, is that a case where 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 maybe was the rift something that was exaggerated uh, outside of the organization is it something where they were able to sit down and get back on the same page or is it something where ownership was like look both of you smarten up we're not doing this you're you're both going to figure it out so uh you know that's that's the end of it in which case you know who knows it's it's kind of kind of could still be a situation that could go bad but i'm i'm not i i was surprised at that news but only because i had sort of been led to believe that 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 wasn't something that was likely but i i think it's it's good news if you're a chicago fan this is that's probably the one situation where i think fans are viewing a lack of change as a positive the the one that will i mean i understand that the, there's the whole guard snow lifetime contract thing that hangs over everything we talk about with guard snow but like like what yeah. what dollar amount could it be at this point where you just don't want to eat the contract and just be like we need we need a new because I mean he, like he's been there so long and he's done nothing with all these high picks and he had all these guys on team friendly like contracts I, this year and he's what, still what like, it's just what amount of money could be worth yeah given that you know soon you're going to be moving into a new arena presumably and you know you're going to want to hit the ground running there you, you're i mean the john Tavares situation that ship has probably sailed one way or another like I'm, I'm guessing that that he has a pretty good sense of of what's going to happen maybe not though maybe he's might do a stamp watching post, and yeah. waiting. I, he might go to july 2nd and be like well the teams that offer me stuff i don't like i'll i'll stick around and wait for the new arena but like it's like whatever happens, Maybe. like it's not going to be like any sort of Garth Snow genius move at this point. Like John Tavares might just see there's not stuff out there he wants, and then say, "Fine, I I, I know was, this place." Was that the one? Uh, all of these sort of post-season press conferences are kind of bleeding together. Was that the one where the owner just got up and like made a statement and then walked away without taking questions? Um, was the Islanders where where he could, there was one where the owner game. just got up and was like we we need to win and then like defiantly <laughs> turned around and it sounds like Burgess Meredith like we need to get quick like <laughs> lightning and thunder <laughs> something something like that <laughs> Andrew I, I feel like slow. that was it, um, speaking of speaking of owners oh god Carolina oh, our our buddy Tom Dun 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 it. Now this this was a little weird. People are are kind of there. Some some eyebrows have been raised because apparently he sat in on the player exit meetings. Yeah, the exit interviews that the coaches and the GM would usually do. Right, and he was the the thing is like him sitting in the room. If he's just I, I so I I gotta yell I gotta yell at Greg about this later because Greg seems to be in the tank for this guy. He seems to love the subprime mortgage loan guy who who feels like he can run a hockey team after owning it for like two minutes but 
like I, I have no problem with him being in the room necessarily where he wants to yeah. hear what people say and all that sort of stuff. But like, is he like, I, I don't know. Like I just, the, the, the whole hands-on owner thing, like is just like I, mm-hmm. Mark Cuban, he wanted a, he wanted an NBA title. The Mavericks have been good for a long time. Jerry Jones, Cowboys aren't necessarily great and during his tenure there. He's been there forever now at this point. But just the idea that like this guy's going to come in and just I don't know. Yeah. I, the the idea bad. of the hands-on owner is is sketchy, but this guy's clearly going to be a hands-on owner. So the fact that he's wants to be in on these meetings doesn't actually strike me as that no, odd. But like, what's he like? like what's I he, mean, what's he like, hearing? what's he uh, like? What's he thinking when someone like? I don't, I don't know. know what he's hearing, but I mean, you know, what what's the alternative? He just Bill Peters does the meetings and then tells. The owner, what was said? Like, is he going to rely on? Well, isn't that part of business? Is like you delegate to your your the people you below you that you trust. Not if you're into... not if you're hands on and 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 especially if you know maybe if you he may feel like hey I'm new I want to really get a sense of all of this stuff like that that part didn't bother me as much, but I I did like the fact that he he was talking to you know he was talking to the media or he gave an interview or something and like you know because you're right he's this new guy who comes in with no hockey experience to speak of and just kind of immediately seems to think that he's got the whole thing figured out. And you're sort of sitting there. You can tell it's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. And you're sort of sitting there going like, who are you? Like, what do you know? What do you know about how the NHL works? And then he sits down and he gives this interview where he's like, character, attitude, yeah. heart, great, compete, low. And you're like, oh, okay. This it. guy's a quick learner. He, he did figure it out. Wow. <laughs> Good job. The, the, what do you think the problem is? Do you think like the problem is with the breakouts on, on the on the on the power play? Do you feel as though the neutral zone play can be? I'm I'm thinking character actually. That's what it is. Really? Yeah. Was it the 850 goaltending? Uh, see, <laughs> our goalies need to try harder. That's what it is. Just really try. There's not enough heart there. Is what it is. Cam Ward, you know, he's he's got heart. He's not giving us. We need more heart next season. Uh, more heart. Oh yeah. And so who who? I mean, Ottawa kind of. Ottawa hasn't announced anything, but they, like, the, everybody did their, their post-season interviews, so it seems like... Yeah, Eric Carlson seems like he wants to stay, but I don't know what he's what he's supposed to say when he comes out of the locker clean-out to the Ottawa media. Like, yeah, you know I mean? that's, I don't, I don't put any, yeah. any real stock in that, but it seems like Guy Boucher seems to think he's going to be back. Says he has a contract for next year, which normally would not... <laughs> be a very meaningful statement but in ottawa yeah it means something is because lane vigneault had a contract for next year yeah gotta get on and then beyond that i don't know like who that there's dallas doesn't say we haven't heard anything out of dallas about any changes uh well the other one this isn't really this this isn't firings or anything but did you see ryan o'reilly's comments coming out of the buffalo what an absolute doofus that guy is just an utter doofus he's just he's he's the he's king the 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 hockey perseverance guy is like i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) i love it there's your masterton (laughs) nominee but i mean that did like to me like when he's saying like you know i i yeah i lost my love of the game or whatever he was saying but when he's talking about the team when he's like you know, we just accept, like, at some point you're reading that going, like, like, are the Sabres fundamentally broken? I don't know, like, maybe. Fundamentally, because, I mean, I know that, like, wow, they're bad. Yeah, but the, you know, what is it, this year was the second year in a row that the last place team in each conference made the playoffs the next year. Like, teams are getting turned around quick. Like, if, you know, in theory, if you're a Sabres fan, you should be looking at the Avalanche or whoever else going, like, wow, we could do that. But then you hear stuff like this, and you're kind of like, maybe we can't do that because maybe the problem is Ryan O'Reilly is your captain, and he's like, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to attribute regular life stuff to what goes on in a locker room because I don't know Ryan O'Reilly as a person. I'm not in the locker room, but I would just say hypothetically speaking, if you are the kind of person who would crash your truck into a Tim Hortons and then flee the scene on foot to avoid any responsibility for what you've done. Maybe maybe you're not like really wired to be a leader and and Tim, lead other people. Sabres legend Tim Horton. Tim, it's disrespectful. I just I just I don't know. Like I, I like I it, it does. You know what it feels like? It feels like Edmonton when they were just racking up losing season after losing season, and the whole mm-hmm. culture thing was a thing. But I mean, like you're you're the captain, man. Like if you see 
yeah. people mentally checking out. Like you're the captain. You're supposed to be the guy that's like, hey, 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 wake up, buddy. Let's let's go. Let's not do like you're not supposed to be the guy who shows up to the media thing like, oh, you know what? The twenty million dollars I made the last two years has been great, but I just don't have the love for the game anymore. Shut up, you idiot, <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what, like, I, I don't know, man, it's like, we've, we've touched on a few times already today, like, you know, GMs are all, oh, it's attitude and character and all that. And culture's another one, right? Like culture, every team that wins turns out to have a winning culture and every team that loses has a losing culture. And we, you know, nobody ever describes you know a culture beforehand you always just wait until you've seen the standings and no you know what it is before it's, the culture it's, it's an identity you have to have the identity, identity. before the yeah. culture we want to be hard to play against <laughs> oh oh those guys were hard to play how was your game last night it was hard those guys are hard hard to play against but, oh did you lose no we destroyed them absolutely like lit them up. Oh, it was like an eight one because game. they're very bad at playing <laughs> hockey but they were hard to play against but but here's the thing like when it comes to culture I think the idea of like a losing culture actually is kind of a thing. Yeah. Like you lose over and over and over again. Absolutely. We saw in Edmonton, like I, the Leafs were that team and you know, yeah, they turned it around quickly. They also have like four guys left on the roster from, from five years ago. So it, like, there's part of me that looks at Buffalo and goes like, this might be a team where you got to go in and like come back next year with like eight guys on opening night who were part of last year's team. And and like Jason Bottero, when he came in, he did that thing that new GMs love to do where he comes into a situation that everybody said was bad and everybody was looking at it and saying, this is, this team needs a lot of help. And he didn't really do anything because he wanted to see for himself. <laughs> yep. Right. I, he wanted to take a year and see for, and like, and I get that to an extent, but it's sort of like, like here's the, here's all the stats. Here's the standings. Here's you can talk to the scouts. You can talk to the you know coach. You to talk to talk to the fans. Go talk to the fans who've been watching this team for years. Lots of people are flagging problems, and you say, "Nah, you know, I want to see it for myself." Sometimes seeing it for yourself gives you a reality check and gives you good information to go forward with. Sometimes seeing it for yourself just means you you've wasted a year. Spin your wheels yeah. for a year. And now you're another year deeper into this losing culture and your captain is, is basically blinking Morse code SOS messages <laughs> to the media in his, in his exit interview. Like that's what bugs me about the Ryan O'Reilly thing. You ever like have like a friend or a coworker or a girlfriend, something like that, just suddenly explode on you about something that they've never mentioned once in like a long time. Like, and you're just like, well, you oh, could have told me that like a, a year ago and I would have stopped microwaving my fish in the office i didn't realize that was an issue like ryan o'reilly not does has ryan o'reilly mentioned the things that he mentioned to the media to his teammates ever like that because it felt yeah. like he just had that all bottled up inside for two years and then just let it out and it's just that doesn't help anybody if you're the leader and you're not you know bestowing this, this, this upon is one where teammates. i yeah i i would love to be a fly on the wall at these exit meetings because because i mean ryan o'reilly said what he said jack eichel has said some things along the same lines you wonder if, you know, some of the, you know, I'm sure most of these exit meetings are just like, well, we'd like you to work on your conditioning and, you know, maybe we can bump up your minutes next year. But I wonder if some of them are the players going like, you need to roll a grenade into this because this <laughs> is broken and I hate it here. Roll a grenade. <laughs> so please, please do something. Uh, no, I All think right. there's, We've for got, sure, there is some truth to what he's saying, but it just comes across as just, I don't know. It just seems like a guy who wants to flee the scene again is what it seems like. Um, <laughs> we've got like we got like five minutes left. I know you wanted me to yeah. do your heart ballot, uh, so I don't know if you want to do that next. Do yeah. Well, I I do. I I, I want your help with my heart ballot Fuck. only because I I have to. I, and I know we've. I'm breaking our two week streak of not talking about this. I have to get my ballot in tomorrow, and mm-hmm. and I I don't want you to tell me who to vote for, like what the order, because they've asked us not to do that this year. We're, we're sort of, no- we're, we're all revealing our ballots, but they've asked us not to like in advance well, say who's, who. well, I can give you my order and then you can do whatever you want with it. Cause my, well I- here, let, let me, t- let me give you my problem. And then you just, you just answer my, my question. And then, <laughs> because my problem is I got five spots on my ballot. I got six guys. Okay. Take Connor McDavid off. You're good. You're all set. There you go. It didn't even take didn't even take five seconds for me to fix your ballot. There you go. So the best player in the league yep. who had the best season mm-hmm. is not one of the five most valuable players. He in the is not. There you go. Okay. Boy, I thought this was going to be hard. 
So, so here's my problem, Dave. I have four <laughs> spots other than Connor McDavid. <laughs> and I got five players. Okay, and let me guess. I'm going to give you five names. You tell me who has to come on. Okay. Go ahead and guess. You, you can probably guess. It's, it's going to be McKinnon, Hall, Kopitar, and Giroux, I'll say. Yep, and then Kucherov's the other guy. Yeah. That's my five for the four non-McDavid spots. Um, if you're really going to insist on putting the guy who, who helped his team to the exact same record in the first half of the year as the second half of the year. The best player, yes. Um, I would bump... See, now it's hard because you're... It's like, it's like, it's like you've given me this like beautiful bowl of tomato sauce and you're like, I want you to just sample the tomato sauce and I'm trying to put the spoon in there, but there's like a rat swimming around in there and I'm trying to like put the spoon around the rat so I don't touch the rat and it's now a little bit harder to get the delicious sauce. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say Brad Marshall. <laughs> right. I would take out Giroux. Otherwise okay. I would take out McDavid. I don't want to take out Giroux, but yeah, I would go, uh, well, I guess I, I won't tell you how I would go because I don't want to influence the order, but that's. Well, you can tell me how you would go because oh. I don't like you. You don't have a ballot, is that correct? I don't have like a you're not. I have no ballot, so I'm not I getting can, you in trouble here. Okay, I would go. I would go five Drew, four Kucherov, three Kopitar, two McKinnon, and one Hall. That's where I would go. All right. Okay. Good. This this helped me not at all. But. McDavid would probably be like seventh behind like Malkin at six, and maybe like one other guy ahead of him that I need to think of, but. We don't have the time. We don't. We don't have the time. Okay. We won't. That's it. Uh, time to beautifully do. Let's do a couple of other just real quick things. What did you think of the NHL randomly inventing? Oh Jesus! A new, a brand new rule what? with two days left in the season. Like what a league! Like what a. I, I just. I, so the thing that no one seemed to. It was weird how like some people reported it as like this is just the thing that exists. They were just like here. Here's the. Here's what they've said about the extra game, and I'm like, wait, what? what this. Yeah. There's no. You're not going to mention how this came out of thin air? Like, wasn't it a coin flip? Did they just... I haven't seen flip? anybody report, like, what was the process? Like, did the NHLPA get a say? I have no idea. On something that would involve them playing extra games that they wouldn't get paid for? Like, did this count? Was it a regular season game? Is it a playoff game? It, but also, why why wouldn't we do this every year for ties? Like, forget the tiebreakers. If two teams are tied for a last playoff spot... Let's play a playing game. Since now we know we can do it, that's way. I mean, that gets us one step closer to your dream world of oh, everybody a, being in and playing beautiful world. elimination games. What a world it is! Oh man, right. see, like these, like these first two days. Well, actually, today would have been the first day of the of the uh, the one the one and done games. But yeah, that would be nice. I just we'd somebody have, else pointed getting... somebody else pointed out something too that's not going to be a thing now. But if Boston and Winnipeg met in the final, and then like if Boston had yes. done something a certain way in their last if game, if Boston had won their last game by one goal in regulation, it would have been a perfect tie between Boston and Winnipeg, who, who could meet in the Stanley Cup final, yeah. and then you would have not known who was going to have home ice advantage. What a league! Oh, well. On that yeah. note, we're out of time. We we we're gonna get this. Well, I guess we'll get to the Sedins we, next week. Well, we 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 really think we got all the important stuff. Yeah, we hit all the stuff we needed to hit. So, um, sorry, there's no questions this week because, as you can see, we were extremely pressed for time, and we had extremely a lot of stuff to talk about. And I and I think we're we got three series picked differently. Uh, we we disagree on the heart the heart ballot. That isn't my ballot, so he can do whatever he wants. It's your vote, your voice. And uh, check us out on the Twitters and the internets and the and the stuff we write, and uh, we'll we'll see you back here next week. Yeah, we'll we'll be back next Tuesday. Where we'll be like two or three games into all the playoff series, and everybody is going to be angry. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much anger. Yep. When when that's our preview of next week's show, we're going to talk about that controversial call. Can't believe that offside review. Oh my god, that review that Dave is wrong about. It's going to be great. Yeah, that review that Sean agrees yeah. with because he agrees with the league every single time they review something. Right in their pocket. What a stooge you are. (laughs) All right, everybody. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. 
Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.